Greetings, Alpha Seekers. Welcome to Nugent Ventures Podcast. This is one of those increasingly rare midweek editions, but uh, watching CNBC today so you don't have to. A couple of things. Uh, I thought about writing them, but it's easier to just ramble on in here. Uh, Facebook has an oversight board, and you know, Trump has been banned from Facebook and Instagram and, of course, Twitter, too. I think every other social medium. So, uh, you know, and there's, we all know why that is. But on the other hand, it's kind of uh, unprecedented, pun intended, to ban a uh, president, sitting president, or a even an ex-president from media. Of any sort, and Trump isn't just any president, obviously. But uh, you know, so Facebook created and funded this independent review board uh, that people can appeal decisions like this to, and the oversight board they call it uh, reported out on this at length and said, you know what, Facebook. Uh, we think that you were justified in doing what you did, but your rules don't apply here. So there's no way we can really rule on whether or not this should continue. You don't have a written policy. Terms of service is what would be the the uh, language of the day. And to me, I've been waiting for somebody to make this analogy, and I haven't heard anybody do it, so I'm going to do it with a very small audience. But it's kind of like the Supreme Court versus the President or the Congress, right? Particularly the Congress. In this case, the analogy is that Facebook is the Congress and the uh, executive branch, and they make the rules. And uh, the oversight board is like the Supreme Court. And You know, like the Supreme Court gets a lot of cases where they say, look, we're just here to read the law as Congress passed it and as the uh, executive branch implemented it. And we're comparing that to the Constitution. And first of all, is it constitutional, yes or no? Second of all, uh, is the legislation speaking to the issue at hand? And many times the Supreme Court will read will render an opinion that says, look, Congress didn't legislate it this way. So if you want it to be, if you want the policy to be implemented in a certain way, then okay, fine, but uh, you, the Congress, have to pass the legislation to authorize it because we're not seeing it in the law you wrote. There's a lot of things between the lines of laws and then the regulation fills in a lot of the blanks. So is the regulation consistent with the legislation is the legislation consistent with the Constitution. And if you don't like the way the Constitution is, then amend it, but we're just here to call it like we see it and based on a vote of our panel. So that's the analogy here. And I think it's it's an appropriate decision. You know, whether or not Trump should be back on Facebook, I mean, at this point, you know, I, I don't have an opinion on that even. It seems to me that a notable public figure... Uh, shouldn't be treated any differently than anybody else uh, just because they have a wider audience. You know, it should be based on what is said. And if Trump says that 
the election was stolen. Uh, you know, that's a matter of opinion. I don't think he's right in the sense that I think any election has fraud. And if you grew up in Chicago and you really think that this election had no fraud, <laughs> I mean, every election has anomalies and frauds to varying degrees based on jurisdiction, frankly. I mean, I don't think there's been an honest election in Chicago in history. But, you know, once the votes are certified, then that's it. Case closed. If if you can contest it before the, the, the votes are certified, that's fine. But after they're certified, that's over. You know, the way you appeal that result is the next election. And I honestly think that if Trump had just done that and accepted this and not uh, taking it beyond the point uh, where the results have been certified and certainly not done what uh, was done on January 6th or encouraged that, I, I think he'd be in a lot better shape politically than he is now. But now I don't uh, I don't see where he's a viable candidate. I mean, I ex- fully expect Trump to end up in jail. I'm kind of surprised that that hasn't happened faster. But the legal system... Uh, marches to its own drummer and, but I you know one of the one of the things I think that w- that made this such a dramatic climax to the to that presidency was that he knew that if he didn't win he was probably going to go to jail and his whole family I mean that's what I would think if I were him so you you've met the the political situation is so polarized that neither side thinks they can afford to lose and if the Republicans ever win another election which I think they may actually have a chance of reclaiming Congress in 2022 in spite of all the brand damage based on January 6th. You know, it'd be interesting to see if the Democrats accept that because uh, I don't know that they think they can afford to anymore. And uh, in the next president's presidency, I mean, if the, in the odd event that the Republicans win, you know, will Joe Biden go quietly into the night? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But that's the danger point here, I think. If you don't have bipartisan agreement that we accept the results once they're certified, then, you know, and if people don't think they can afford to turn the keys over to the other party, then that's when the real fun begins. So anyway. That's my take. But, you know, whether or not Trump should be allowed to say anything on social, you know, if he gets on and says, Has a nice, have a nice day, you know, I think it should be the content, not the speaker. Now, you could always pull out the Hitler analogy, but, you know. Anyway. And this, again, this is not protected free speech, in my opinion, constitutionally. You know, Facebook's a private company. They get to do what they want. And if somebody wants to change that law or regulation, well, then let them. But right now, they're a public company. They can do whatever they want. They're, they're private. They're, they're, they're a private enterprise, even though they're publicly traded. Now, if you want to regulate them through SEC or FTC or whatever you want to do, okay, fine. But at the moment, I don't think they have to give a platform to anybody. They could turn the whole... T- the whole timeline off if they wanted to, you know. So anyway. Uh, Then there were three observations that I picked off of CNBC that I thought were very notable and I thought I would pass along. One of them is AbbVie, symbol A-B-B-V, which uh, it's the old Abbott, and Abbott's split into two. 
and one half is AbbVie, which is the uh, which is the pharmaceutical side of it. The other is uh, Abbott Labs. I think they still call it, or maybe they just call it Abbott, which was the medical device side, and that was under the Miles White uh, administration. And the when they did that, you know, nobody was sure which one was the better bet. So some people took both, and some people went with the pharma side, Abby, and other people went with the device side. And at the time, the thought was, well, you know, pharma's getting price regulation pressure. This was under the Obama administration, I think. So medical devices seemed like a better bet. Well, as it turned out, I think Abby has done better than Abbott. And one of the things they did, which I didn't even realize, I probably knew but forgot, as I do these days, AbbVie bought Allergan, which is Botox. And I tell you something, Botox is an amazing product because it's all out of pocket. There's no price controls. And there never will be. Even if you get Medicare for all, there's no way that the feds are going to pay for wrinkle treatment. But I'll tell you who will. Uh, People. Female people particularly, but male people too, because, you know, you live in an age discrimination world, and of course there's the uh, metrosexual, shall we say, so uh, there are certain guys who are concerned about their appearance for various reasons, some economic, some not, let's leave it at that, so, man, I mean, unless, I don't know if you can do a generic Botox, but, uh, You know, that would be the threat. But there's no price control pressure. And I'm telling you, and I won't tell you how I know this, but you can probably guess, people will pay anything to get that stuff. So uh, it it amazes me. But I think AbbVie thus is a good thing to own. It's got a good dividend. You know, you could buy it and sell covered calls at a certain strike. It's not going to go through the roof, but you're going to collect your dividend and you're going to probably make some money on a covered call strategy because it's not the kind of stock that goes through the roof. Now, that's not what we're looking for in Nugent Ventures, but, you know, just to raise some cash, I might sell some puts against it because I don't think that's going to drop. It's not going to pop. It's not going to drop. It's just going to be a steady dividend player and it'll probably grind up steadily. You know, maybe you'll get 10% a year on the appreciation. You'll get maybe 4 or 5% in the dividend. And if you sell some covered calls, you might be able to pick up another couple, three points. That's not a bad day at the office. So anyway, so I'm keeping that on my list of stuff to think about doing. Now I have a new recommendation for analysts a guy named Damien Damian Woody who's a two-time Super Bowl champ offensive lineman <laughs> and he, his nickname is the war daddy I mean this is a big man and a a joyful man <laughs> and a smart man he's an investor he was on uh, he was on the judges program today on CNBC whatever fast money halftime or whatever so and he's a smart guy but really a lot of fun so I'm gonna try to plug into him on social I I could see this guy being an analyst uh, and he is all over Ford symbol F but also GM 
And he says, you know, I like to buy stuff that I can put my hands on. <laughs> I don't like this Bitcoin stuff. <laughs> you know, so he's into real estate. He's into, you know, he's into stuff. And uh, there's a huge demand for cars for whatever reason. Uh, there's a chip shortage, which is kind of cramping Ford style. Uh, but Ford GM, I think, are, are buys here. You know, Toyota, they got chips, so they're in the chips, so to speak. I don't know how they get them, but probably no people in Taiwan. So, and then the other pick, and these are not, obviously, except for maybe Abbey, these are not in our wheelhouse, but I think they're just good picks. Uh, you know, they're just good picks. Cummins Engine. Uh, I'm doing some work for a company that uses Cummins Engines in their products, and this is a great play for uh, infrastructure and an industrial comeback, you know, because Cummins engines are in a lot of stuff. Kramer was on today talking about it, and that's an old Kramer fave from back in the days when I used to subscribe to his uh, stock alert or whatever thing, newsletter. So I... I think those are three good plays, and they're three solid, real-life companies. You know, it's not vaporware, it's not digits, it's not blockchain entries, it's real stuff. And I think you can make some money on real stuff here with all the stimulus, you know. The other thing that occurred to me today, uh, you know, it's the inflation chatter is really picking up, like, you know, terrorist chatter before 9-11. And the Fed's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. But everybody else is worried about it. And the more the Fed says don't worry about it, the more people do worry. Even Janet Yellen was quoted as worrying about it yesterday, although she pulled that back. But I think she forgot what job she's in now. She thinks she's still at the Fed. But anyway, Treasury secretaries aren't supposed to comment on those things. That is the province of the chairman of the Federal Reserve. So where does that leave us? Um, that leaves us at the inflation hedge shopping point. So we go to the, the financial store and we say, I need an inflation hedge. What should I buy? And a lot of people are buying Bitcoin. And that's one of the reasons I think why Bitcoin is where it's at, which is like $55,000, I think, today. So... But Bitcoin is really volatile. So I don't particularly think I want to do that. So now I say, okay, what about gold? Well, now gold is not volatile, but it's going nowhere. You know, I mean, it doesn't even seem to move with inflation concerns because I think a lot of the money is going into Bitcoin. So where else can I go? Well, you could look at some other currencies. Or you could look at metals like silver and copper. I mean, those are plausible. Or you could go into equities, which is plausible. Um, but sometimes there can be some feedback loops between the dollar and, and the stock market, you know, so and the inflation in the stock market because it raises costs of materials, which cuts into margins. So it occurred to me today that maybe what you want to do is look at other currencies, like the euro. You know, the euro is basically run by the Bundesbank, which is the German central bank. And 
So they're not printing money like the U.S. is. <clears throat> and so if you're talking about uh, inflation as a monetary phenomenon, I don't think the euro is going to be impacted as much. And the euro indeed is up against the dollar. Uh, I saw a chart on that today from John Author. So I don't know how to do that. But, you know, if you're worried about inflation one of the th and you're not a Bitcoin adventurous type, um, and uh, you're not a gold bug, you know, maybe you put some money into euros. I don't know how you do that. I just thought of the idea today. And the other, of course, possibility there is pound sterling, you know, the British pound. Um, I don't think they're going to be printing money either. So that's the uh, Bank of England, which is the oldest central bank in the world, as far as I know. So I don't think they're going to be printing money with a conservative administration. So basically in Germany, you've got fiscal conservatives, regardless of who's politically at the helm. In England, you've got the Bank of England, which has a conservative government. And in uh, the United States, <laughs> you know, you've got funny money. So, you know, that's, that's a possibility. You could also put together a portfolio hedging that has euros and that has uh, pounds and has some Bitcoin and has some gold and some precious metals. Uh, or uh, that's redundant, actually. It has some, you know, copper positions and things like that. So, and for all I know, there's an ETF like that out there. You know, there's an ETF for everything. So, if you are worried about the debasement of the currency here in the United States, which, I mean, I am, you know, I do think that we can print as many of these things as we want, but at some point, you know, people are going to lose confidence in it. And then you run into the possibility of the debasement of the U.S. currency compared to other money equivalents, other base money equivalents. And if you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, you could put together a little inflation hedge like that. And again, I, the mechanics of it I'm not sure about. I mean, I know you can use futures to do this stuff, but I don't know how to use futures. Uh but I will keep an eye out for any kind of an instrument that would uh, do what I think is the concept to, to explore here. And if I find anything, I will mention it on the next podcast or whenever I find it. So that's my thought for the day, or thoughts, and we'll leave it at that. You all live long and prosper. Uh, and by the way, um, I will put in a plug here. I have a cousin named Carol McKenzie, and Carol's had some rough times. Uh, her life partner is out of the out of the picture with long haul COVID, and uh, she had some knee surgeries that went south. So uh, there's a GoFundMe out uh, out there for Carol McKenzie. <coughs> That's C A R O L. Uh, and last name is M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E. -E. If anybody wants a link to that, I can send it to you. Uh, you can find it on Facebook. Uh, her niece put it out there. I think her name is Marisa McKenzie. So, uh, you know, trying to help Carol out of a jam. 
So if any of you would like to uh, help with that, <clears throat> that would be much appreciated here at the Nugent uh, family house. So we wish her well and uh, hope we can uh, get her some help here in her time of need. So live long, prosper, and we will uh, stay safe, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.